What's up, everybody? Episode 95 of the Holland Infinity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob Knight, and we got a special Monday edition of the podcast for you today. So on today's episode, we're talking about the Demon Slayer movie. Yes, it's finally out. Saw it last weekend. I'm going to give you my reaction to it. Then we're going to talk about the season four snowfall, a crazy season. Can't wait to dive into that. And finally, we're looking into the Mortal Kombat movie. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, 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 that time weekend, everybody. Episode 95 of the Hound Infinity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob Knight. First time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you are a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. And please remember, go like us on our social media sites, like us on Facebook at Hound Infinity Podcast, follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at High Infinity Pod, or follow me, the host, on my personal accounts, Twitter and Instagram at so yeah, I'm Asian. And if you did not get all that, just hit the link tree link up in the bio of the podcast. There's all the podcast social media sites and the podcast streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. And last but not least, if you like what you hear, please leave your boy a five-star review on your preferred streaming platform. Yeah, so welcome to the special Monday edition of the podcast. Hope everybody's doing good. Having, you know, hope everybody had a great weekend, getting ready for this upcoming work week and all that good stuff. And it's been a very, very, very busy weekend for the podcast. Boy, I tell you, <laughs> this is episode one of two episodes dropping this week. There's so much stuff to talk about that happened over the weekend. I had to break it up into two episodes. So this weekend basically consisted of watching a lot of movies and TV shows and giving you all my thoughts, opinions, and reactions here on the podcast. So there is a lot of fan service in this episode because all three things we're talking about today had social media buzzing last week. And we had the season finale of Snowfall, a good ending to probably the wildest season yet of Snowfall. Um, you know, this week's episode wasn't as good as last week's episode. Like this week's episode or the season finale, everyone, whatever you want to call it, kind of like had to bring us back down to earth after all the craziness of the previous episode. And also, the Mortal Kombat movie came out. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But first, we got to start off with the Demon Slayer movie. Over a year since the first season and six months since the movie came out in Japan. But the Demon Slayer movie finally came out in America. I came on a podcast multiple times over the past few months talking about Demon Slayer. From the movie release down to the announcement of season two, which is set to come out later this year. And I kept talking about how they kept playing around with the movie release date. For America and they finally released it and I made my return to the movie theaters to watch it to be honest it felt good you know going back to the movie theater you know just the experience itself you know just going there sitting down watching something on a big screen instead of your tv can't lie it felt good what didn't feel good <laughs> was those damn concession prices I paid almost seven dollars for a quote-unquote small drink and I made sure to refill that shit up you know for the ride home too so I talked about this movie for months now on the podcast. So what do I think about the Demon Slayer movie? All I gotta say is this: Good God Almighty, Lord have mercy on my soul. That movie was outstanding, stupendous, captivating, riveting, 
any other big ass word you could think of that means good. By far the best movie I've seen in the year 2021, hands down. This movie was worth the wait. And just a quick premise on the series and the movie. So Demon Slayer is an anime. It's based in think early, late 1800s, early 1900s Japan. And in this world, there is a demon race. And they're kind of similar to vampires in a way. They only come out at night. And they kill and eat people. And to combat this problem, an organization was created called the Demon Slayer Corps. And they've been fighting for some years now. Because demons are essentially immortal in a way. But there's only two ways to kill a demon in Demon Slayer. That's to get them in the sunlight or cut their head off. But you need a special kind of blade to do so. Like you cut their head off with the axe or anything. But they're still going to be alive because you need this special blade to do that. So the story follows this teen named Tanjiro or, or Tanjiro. Uh, just like a hardworking kid just trying to take care of his siblings and his mom. But after coming home from a hard day's work, he finds his whole family slaughtered and killed by a demon. Everyone except his kid's sister. But his sister is turned into a demon. So he joins the Demon Slayer Corps to kill the demon that killed his family and to turn his sister back human. Some very good stuff. So the movie. The movie is titled The Mugan Train or Infinity Train in English. And it covers the Infinity Train arc in the manga. So the movie picks up right where season one ends. So you need to see the movie to know what the hell's going on in season two. And like I said earlier, the movie is fantastic. It just takes you on this like whirlwind of emotions throughout the whole thing. Like I already read the entire series. So I knew what was going to happen. But still, it was very good from the story which is super easy to follow to the voice acting, like the monologue, like the main character says towards the end of the movie. It was everything. It was like so much emotion coming out of him, like his heart and soul and all that stuff. Also, the animation was top tier. Like The animation in the show was very good itself, but it took it to another level in the movie. And last but not least, the action. Like when they kicked it into high gear, they kicked it to the highest. And so far, this movie has the best fight in the series and the ending. Man, like... Demon Slayer is not afraid to send the, the fans home happy, but yeah, it was it was sad, but you kind of knew like by the tone. If you read the manga, you know how the tone it is like with the manga. They're not afraid to kill people off like really good characters, like characters you have grown attached to. They're not afraid to kill them off like a Demon Slayer. Folks are going to die. And that's what I liked about the series. You know, it takes you on the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And it's a joy to watch and read. But wrapping things up, this movie was worth the wait. It was almost everything I wanted. There was just a little split second that happened in the movie that I was like, dang, I wish they would have showed that a little bit longer. But that didn't hinder the experience. But overall, I thoroughly enjoyed myself throughout this movie. I would definitely watch this movie again. I thought about checking it out at theaters, but I looked. It's only available until like... Wednesday or Thursday, but I want to see it on the weekend, but might have to wait till over the summer when they release it on streaming services. But this is definitely a cop for me on Blu-ray whenever it comes out. So Snowfall just ended their fourth season last week. A pretty good season in my opinion. And whoever watches the show knows what was the turning point of that season. But in this segment, we're just going to look over some of the highlights of the past season, how the season ended, and what to expect in Season 5. So the first half of Snowfall Season 4 was all about expansion. My bad. Or how Franklin Saint would say it, expansion. We see a little bit of 
of this happened in the like the second half of season three. You know that Andre caught wind of it and was trying to take Franklin down, which led to Franklin killing Andre and staging it as a suicide. Then we see Franklin got away with it, and that's why Mel shot him towards the end of season three. And to be honest, I really don't blame Andre for what he did. Like he was a cop trying to take down a drug kingpin, but Franklin had to take matters into his own hands. And now season four, Franklin is full on drug kingpin mode. Is he Walter White level yet? Not quite until he pulls off like that prison killing and, and, and Breaking Bad where he had to kill like six people in like 30 seconds. Until Franklin pulls something like that off, he's not quite at the Walter White level. I think towards the end of the show, he could sit at the same table as him, but not quite there yet. Until Snowfall moves dope in the chicken truck while my guy like my guy Gus did in Breaking Bad, it's not at that level, like I said, quite yet. But yeah, the business got sidetracked this past season, but some of the highlights in this past season of Snowfall, in my opinion, was definitely the shootout in the, in the second episode. I was wondering, Franklin, why the hell are you there? Like, this man is still recovering from being shot, can barely walk. You know, a gang shootout is the last thing Franklin needs to be at. And he said he, he set it up perfectly. I'm not going to lie, because in season three, you know, Franklin wanted to sell his product and, you know, the other hoods, but didn't have any connections. So in comes Manboy and Scully. And of course, Manboy is like this street smart dude looking for a way up the ladder. And Scully is like that short fused dealer, you know, who, who rules his hood like a kingdom. But the problem is that they're beefing at the moment. So Franklin decides that. They need to take one of them out. But which one? Scully, the pro of Scully. You know, he stays in his own lane. The con of Scully, he's crazy as hell. Or Man Boy. Man Boy, the pro is, he isn't crazy. The con, he's not afraid to make his way up the ladder by force on some occasions. And Franklin is kind of sort of in his way to becoming the best or the top dealer in, you know, the city. So Franklin decides, hey, how about we just stage a shootout? Hopefully both of them kill each other. But that didn't happen. And the, def the definite turning point of season four Snowfall was when Leon killed the kid. I ain't gonna lie, this shot me like my mouth was on the floor after this episode because when Scully's crew drove by, Leon fat back and his crew, all hell broke loose. Like an all-out shootout just started. And I'm surprised, like, all of them should have got shot, to be honest, because the cars are like five feet away from each other. But Bullets went flying everywhere, and when Leon went to go kill the final person, he realized that one of the casualties in that shootout was a kid, that kid being Scully's kid. And then, like, the, sh the tone shifted for the entire season. Like, we saw a shift in Leon's character, in Leon's character too, because we all know Leon before that, he was quick to shoot somebody and kill somebody, you know? And we see the effects, or the after effects, and a toll that takes on, you know, the Leon character. And I think he didn't kill no one else. For the rest of that season and you know that killing brought up a lot of debate on social media like why are you gonna have a kid in the car like you know scully's girlfriend i, th I forgot her name but she knew like what scully you know what kind of business scully runs so you're putting the kid in danger you know personally in my opinion but that action right there led to a lot of bloodshed and fatback you know part of uh of franklin's crew you know he was one of the casualties in that like <laughs> To me, his death was the worst because he basically got gutted. And it goes to show like that Franklin is all about that business. Like when Fatback was, you know, um, you know, he he convinced Fatback to take the fall for Leon for the killing because they would have got him out of prison. But one of Scully's like one of Scully's girlfriends paid somebody 
to pick Fat back up after they posted his bail and they basically kidnapped him and killed him and they left him on uh, Franklin Auntie's doorstep of her club like the next day. And we know everybody was mourning Fatback like, oh no, Fatback died. He had cousins, he had a family, all that good stuff. And Franklin was like, you see, the name of the game is expansion. I was like, damn, Franklin, like one of your best men just got gutted and left on your doorstep. You're all and you're just worried about the business. And I was like, dang, man, like you ruthless. But yeah, a lot of bloodshed was, you know, felt after the killing of that kid. And, you know, we'll get to more of that bloodshed a little bit later on in this uh, topic. Also, another turning point of the season was definitely Alton telling the news reporter everything. Like, Alton was doing so good. So good. He was homeless in season one, got back up on his feet in season two, and runs a homeless shelter that he was, that he used to be a resident of in season four. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Snowfall is like, based on the real crack epidemic of the 1980s you know some stuff was probably switched around a little bit but for the most part that's what it's based off of and um but the news reporter basically goes down the rabbit hole on a story about franklin saint you know she visited she visits Mellon, texas asking hey did franklin kill your dad then she gets to franklin's dad he just basically seems like mariah carey to her tells her everything tells her reed slash teddy's real name all the stuff he'd be doing because he thinks that hey if I if they if the story breaks about the CIA bringing drugs into the neighborhoods to fund the war, everything's going to stop right then and there, which it didn't. And this led to Franklin pistol whipping his dad. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I laughed pretty hard when uh, when that happened. And this led to Reed to kill the reporter and staging it like an accident, because in real life, the reporter who broke the actual story was found dead in his home like years later from two gunshot wounds to his head. But the death was ruled a suicide, so a suicide, but the guy shot himself twice in the head. I'm going to, you know, let you take that, you know, let you interpret that in your own ways. But moving on to probably the craziest episode of the season, episode nine, or called the episode nine slaughterhouse. Uh, I haven't seen a shooting performance this good since the Warriors had Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson. Like when Jerome hit that triple kill on Man Boy's crew, I thought a damn UAV was going to drop, like in Call of Duty. Then <laughs> then we see Franklin finally kill Man Boy. I think a lot of people wanted Man Boy to be, wanted Man Boy to be dead uh, this season because, yeah, they shot Man Boy like eight times and he still wouldn't, <laughs> he still wouldn't go down. Then Franklin finally hit him with the, hit him with the death blow. Then we see Jerome kill Scully's girlfriend, one shot, looks like one shot to the back, killed her, got her out the way. So, hey, Episode nine, a lot of people died. And the last episode was it was was it really it was to me it kind of tailed off towards the second part of the episode, but the first episode was kind of like the aftermath of episode nine. You know, uh, Jerome found out not Jerome, uh Scully found out that his girlfriend is dead. So for some reason, they need to fire security at that hospital that Louie was at because some some reason uh, Scully walked in bloody with a gun and no one seemed to saw him in the hospital. I was like, damn, like nurses, security, y'all got stepping game up in the hospital. Damn, this man walking in bloody with a gun and he was about to kill Louie or Jerome, probably both of them probably. And Jerome was trying to talk him. Hey man, just kill me. I'm the guy you want. And Louie talked, and Louie talked Scully out of shooting both of them, but he eventually bled out and, um, Jerome was able to, uh, take the gun away from him because how uh Scully got shot well him and Franklin had a gulag match 
you know, of course, you play Warzone. You already know I'm talking about him and Franklin had a gulag match at Franklin's house because uh, Scully went over there to kill Franklin and basically anybody was there, you know, for killing his girlfriend. And then think the second half of season, I mean, oh, the last episode, basically, it was a standoff between Alton, Franklin, and Teddy slash Reed, whatever, whichever way you call him. But you know, the CIA agent, and basically, he said, "Hey, man, we'll we'll go to Cuba." Um, Franklin, not Franklin, yeah, Franklin's mom and dad are gonna go to Cuba and everything's gonna be said and done. And that's basically what how that, that's basically how the season ended. But what to expect from season five? So season four left us with a lot of questions out in his faith because when he told on Franklin, he was basically a dead man walking since. So so him and Franklin's mom are hiding in Cuba. But the last thing we saw with Franklin's dad, Reed was pointing a gun to his head. But but one thing I do expect. In season five of Snowfall is expansion. We already saw a little bit of that when Jerome and Louie went to, they went to, I forgot what state they went to in the South, but they went to a Southern state to introduce crack to them to get the business going in the South. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some parts of Snowfall take place in other cities. We just got to wait and see how that goes and see how things play out in season five. So last Friday, the new Mortal Kombat movie was released, and it was one of the things that had social media buzzing last week. I talked about the trailer when it was released a couple months ago, and I said from the start, I'm not that big of a Mortal Kombat guy. You know, Tekken was usually my fighting game growing up. But hey, when I saw the trailer, I was like, you know what? I know a little bit about Mortal Kombat. The trailer looks interesting to me, so I decided to check it out. You know, general reactions that I saw on social media were kind of mixed. Some people said it was great. Some people said it was trash. Me, on the other hand, it was okay. Like, that's the problem with social media. You know, like, when something comes out, you know, movie, TV show, album, etc. It's either a classic or trash. Like, nothing in between. Like, it's okay for something to be okay. And to me, this Mortal Kombat movie was okay. Not the best thing I've seen. Not the worst thing I've seen. You know, there's just some parts. That, there were some parts I really liked. And there were some parts I really didn't care for too much. And I'm not going to do like a full recap of this movie. Just hit some of the high points that I really liked. Some of the stuff I thought was okay. And what I think is next to come. So let's dive into things. So I really enjoyed the prologue of the movie. Like they laid down the whole history of the Scorpion and Sub-Zero beef. Like earlier last week, they put this clip for free on YouTube. And I was like, eh, I'm not going to watch it. And I'm going to watch the movie this weekend. So I'll just check it out then. And I'm glad I did that. Basically, in this scene, takes place like in Japan in the 1600s or something like that. Scorpion was with his family. You know, he went to fetch some water for something. Then Sub-Zero came and killed Scorpion's wife and kid. But he didn't find the infant child that they stashed in the floorboard before he showed up. And Scorpion came back and was like, oh, damn, my family's dead. Then Sub-Zero and his goons come out. And Scorpion arms himself with a dagger and ties the rope around it. You know, later on, that'll become his chain dagger. And Scorpion kills them all. So really graphic kills. He stabs one dude on top of the head, which I thought was great. And he threw out the dagger, his chain dagger, into some guy's forehead. And then, you know, we get the first fight between two, between Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And it was really good. Like, Sub-Zero stabs Scorpion. And it's not like when you stab somebody and you pull the knife right out. Or he stabbed him, then he pulled the knife up while it was still in. I was like, damn, that that must that must have hurt. <laughs> and eventually, 
you know, Sub-Zero gets the upper hand and kills Scorpion. And then Raiden comes down and takes the only survivor, Scorpion's infant kid. And then, you know, that was basically the beginning sequence. Some really great stuff, in my opinion. But let's get to one of my biggest gripes about this movie. <laughs> the main character was kind of, eh, if he asked me, probably because, you know, he was just made up for the movie. Like, he was some, like, down-on-his-luck MMA fighter doing underground fights. Then he gets recruited by Jax to be in the Mortal Kombat tournament because he has the chosen mark. And it turns out that the main character was, like, a descent or is a descendant of Scorpion. Then, of course, you know, throughout the movie, we meet some of the other fighters. You know, you got the good guys, Wu Kang, Kung Lao, Sonya Blade, then the bad guys, you know, Shang Tsung, Kano, Cabal, Molina. And I wasn't really feeling the Molina design, to be honest. It just looked like she ate some barbecue ribs and didn't wipe her face off with a napkin after the fact. But basically, <laughs> the whole middle portion of the movie was them recruiting the fighters and training for the Mortal Kombat tournament, which they never got to because uh, Shang Tsung was like, hey, man, I already got my crew here. Let's just fight. Let's not even wait for the tournament. Let's just fight right now. And then towards the final act of the movie, that's where the onslaught of fights started to happen. We get Cabal versus Liu Kang a couple times, which was really good. And you know, Liu Kang did his, you know, his famous bicycle kick that we do in the games a lot. And then we got some fatalities. We got the fatality where Jax basically smashed the person's head with them damn bionic arms he got now. Like Sonya Blade shot this beam. Through Molina, and you can saw and you see her spine after she dies. And Kung Lao got my favorite fatality at all the games. It's where he throws his hat on the ground. <laughs> and he was throwing he was throwing his hat while Captain America was throwing his shield. So he threw his hat on the ground, creates like this buzz saw, and he cuts the person in half. Not like not not cut him in half horizontally, cuts him in half vertically. Like real it was real gruesome, but I like that kind of stuff. Then the final fighting sequence. We get the long-awaited rematch between Scorpion and Sub-Zero. And they fight for a good minute. And the main character joins Scorpion to double-team him. Then they get the upper hand and Scorpion finishes Sub-Zero off by taking his mask off. Killing him with his fire breath. Because in the games where Scorpion takes his mask off, it's just a skull. But he already took his mask off a couple times before that. And when he uses fire breath, you saw like the skin peeling back revealing his skull. Nice little Easter egg. But yeah, Shang Tsung basically come out like, damn, my whole team is dead now. But don't worry, I'm going to come back. We're going to run this thing back with a new team. So we end the movie off with Raiden telling the group, you know, to get a new set of fighters for the next Mortal Kombat tournament. So the main character is off to Hollywood to recruit my guy Johnny Cage to be in the next one. And the end. So what's next? Like I stated from the start, this movie was okay, but I can't lie. The series has potential because we still haven't gotten to the Mortal Kombat tournament. We still got, you know, more fighters to be introduced. So who I think will be introduced to Mortal Kombat 2? Well, they already hinted at Johnny Cage. I assume Noob will be in the second one, you know, a.k.a. the first Sub-Zero. Because the second Sub-Zero should be in, in Mortal Kombat 2 as well. Because the second Sub-Zero is the first Sub-Zero's brother trying to avenge, you know, his brother's death of the hands by the hands of uh scorpion you know other characters i like to see in mortal kombat 2 i just like see katana jade baraka i always been an ermac and a cyrax guy and you know motaro you know for some boss element or something like that you know just to name a few but yeah i wouldn't be surprised if mortal kombat gets a sequel i think it's good enough to get a sequel like i said it wasn't the best thing i've seen in the world but definitely see the potential in this 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to give this podcast a listen. Thank you for all the likes, retweets, shares, subscribes, any other way you support the podcast. I thank you for that. Like I always say, I will not be here without you, the listeners. Y'all take care, be safe, and I will see y'all next time.